everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Welcome back everyone. Hello everybody, welcome back to the podcast, welcome to a fresh new week and we are starting off this episode by going straight on into the dilemma. So it's quite a long one, everyone bear with. Hi, We brought a horse about three weeks ago from a dealer and he was exactly what we were looking for. A safe horse who can help me, in brackets, a novice, get over my nerves and build my confidence. He also passed a two-stage vetting with flying colours. We have a field so our horses live out all the time. So of course we asked if he would suit living out and we were told yes, he would be fine. He got here and every time anyone has ridden him, he has bucked, getting progressively worse. We have had multiple experts see him and we have come to the consensus that we should probably sell him on as he would be more suited to a livery yard life which we cannot provide as of now i can't get all of these stories of people having a difficult horse and then 10 years down the line it's the best decision they ever made to keep them so basically i've taken this very roundabout route to ask do you think we should persevere or sell him I love long dilemmas, by the way. I mean, I don't love that this is happening for you, but like, I love long dilemmas. This is like everyone's worst nightmare. Yeah. Buying a horse and it not going to plan. No. It's terrible. It's not ideal, like, at all. No, because you get your hopes up as well. Like, it's so exciting buying a new horse. And then when you finally bought one, there's so much riding on it, isn't there? Pardon the pun. You're sort of like so (laughs) wanting it to be right. And then for it to start going wrong, it's a really difficult thing to have to go through. Yeah. I mean, when you say that, you only have a field does that mean you only have a field as in like you ride them in the field as well i thought that that's the little bit of information that um we're missing if you just keep them in the field and then you just ride them in the field then the horse might be a bit like this is a field yeah associating it with like fun fun time yeah 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 yeah. and yeah there's there's quite a lot of elements to it okay so you brought the horse from a dealer so he was exactly what you're looking for a safe horse the fact that you only bought him three weeks ago and he was obviously well i assume branded by this dealer a very safe horse who could help a novice get over nerves and build confidence and within three weeks it's bucking progressively getting worse I mean, I don't want to say dodgy dealer, but like it's giving dodgy dealer. It's not giving a good vibe, no. No, because as, as well, like whatever your setup is, it's a bit odd for a safe horse to suddenly start bucking. Yeah, I, yeah, that's quite an unusual behaviour. Like if the horse was finding it difficult to settle in, because they do say that it takes a year to get to know a horse, don't they? There's that like saying... Yeah. But I feel like if it was a settling in issue, it'd be more like signs of stress or like just being a bit worried, not bucking. Like bucking's quite like a specific behaviour. It makes you think that the horse has always done that. Yeah, and it specifically says in the dilemma when ridden. Every time anyone has ridden him, he has bucked, getting progressively worse. And that's any time anyone has ridden him. So I assume it's not just you riding him. It's other people riding him as well. Which, yeah, I would say like if I sold a safe horse, wherever you rode it you wouldn't just assume that it would buck every single time like maybe be a little bit more like oh this is weird that I'm being ridden in like a different situation to what I'm used to but not bucking every single time yeah like more like spooking or like maybe something yeah. like that because they're trying to settle in but bucking every time is a bit unusual I have to say yeah I would also say when you're saying that you should probably sell him on I would say the fact that you only brought the horse three weeks ago is there not c- can you not well, take it- the horse back can you know if, if it's a dealer then dealers you know their whole reputation relies on selling horses then you should be able to take the horse back and say you know this horse isn't for us can you take him back and refund us the money probably depends on whether they drew up a contract 
Even without contract though, I have known a lot of dealers that will do that. Yeah, I mean, I would have been contacting the dealer as soon as the bucking was starting, to be honest. Yeah. I would probably have sent a message pretty straight off the bat and just said, look, you know, such and such is home now. We've ridden him a few times. However, he's been doing this. Has this ever happened before? Just to like keep them in the loop as to what's going on. And then if it kept happening, I would probably, depending on their response to the messages, say, listen, this is not the horse that you sold me yeah on the horse that I bought you know he needs to go back it's not what I asked for yeah yeah I mean that would be my first point of call rather than immediately selling the horse on is you know it's three weeks you really should be able to give the horse back yeah and also you might just be selling on the problem yeah yeah exactly which is just never a good thing so I would be yeah contacting the dealer for sure I think also relating back to what you're saying with seeing things online of people that have stuck with like tricky horses and now it's like the best horse ever I'd be careful falling into that trap because I mean I'm sure there are people out there who have had tricky horses that they've decided to stick with and then it's been like a happy ending but I do think also social media is very like romanticized well it just says stories yeah so it could be like word of mouth stories but yeah I would say it's very romanticized and even if it's word of mouth it's still that might just be one person that that other person knows it's not the majority of people that are buying horses and them being tricky no and also just because it works with one horse there could be 10 that it hasn't worked with and those are the stories that you don't hear yeah and I think it's very common within the horse industry for that to be what people say they're like oh I know such and such who knows such and such who did this and that worked really well which is great like word of mouth is great it has so many benefits but I would just personally be a little bit careful of potentially thinking or maybe I should persevere with this horse based on stories I've heard whether it be in person or online or wherever you're getting that story from yeah because it needs to be your story I mean just from the sounds of it just our interpretation just from reading this then this horse isn't right for you and if that's not right then you need to cut your losses and start a story with another horse yeah and I totally agree with you that if the horse was genuinely safe even if they were struggling to settle in they wouldn't necessarily be exhibiting it in the way that this horse is I've known plenty of safe horses that I know if I sold them on they would not start bucking whenever they were ridden yeah also I'd say when you say that you've gotten multiple experts to check the horse but you've only had the horse for three weeks how many people have you had to come and check them how much of an expert are they because like you know if we wanted our physio or something to come and check a horse she's so busy she wouldn't be able to get her within three weeks type thing yeah and the vet can't possibly investigate everything within a three week time frame and the vet is only one person that you could get out to investigate what could possibly be wrong but regardless of who you've had to come out to assess the horse it's not really your responsibility because you've only had the horse three weeks yeah like we said you're still in that window where you can send the horse back so I would be hesitant to start spending lots of money investigating things when actually you might be better just cutting your losses and sending the horse back. Life with horses is difficult and for most people horses need to be your joy and your happiness and if you've bought a horse three weeks ago and already all it's doing is causing you aggro then it's not the right horse for you. I think as well some people don't like sending horses back because they 
see it as a failure on their part. And I don't think people should think that. I mean, you can't force it to work. If it's not going to work, it's not going to work. It's actually much better to actually just admit defeat and think, this horse isn't what I bought, isn't what I wanted. They need to be sent back. There's nothing wrong in doing that. And it's not a failure in any way. If anything, it's it's a success that you've actually made the right decision for yourself and the horse. Just as a brief, like, I'm not sure if this is like relating to this dilemma, but on the same topic, I would say if you buy a new horse or even if you sell your horse, I would say be careful of putting it out on social media like that day. I would say you kind of always want to give it like a couple weeks at least because otherwise that can add to like what you've just said, that it will make you feel like a failure if you've posted, oh my God, look at this new horse that I've brought. It's amazing. And then three weeks later, you then have to put a post up or something and be like, like, oh, it didn't work out with this horse. Whereas you can just do that privately and work through those emotions on your own. Just a little tidbit for you guys. But yeah, best of luck with whatever decision you make. Yeah, yeah. And just know that which whichever decision you make, it will be the right one. So jumping on to current affairs this week, there has been a lot going on within the dressage world, namely a lot of cyberbullying, which we've spoken about before and we weren't sure whether we wanted to speak about it again, but I don't know, I feel like this time is slightly different relative to last time. Yeah, last time when we spoke about it, it was about the London International Horse Show and the kind of torrent of negativity online didn't feel that personal, but the kind of outrage that happened recently, which was after the Amsterdam leg of the World Cup, was very personal, it got very nasty, people got far too emotional about it and it made me very upset because a lot of it was directed at Lottie Fry and I have known Lottie in the past we've been on Young Rider teams and you know we're a similar age and I mean Lottie I'm sure has a very strong like mental game plan and everything going on but it's still it's it's just it's just horrible to see the personal amount of abuse that was thrown at her online it's also still ongoing as well I mean something came up on my news feed today i think regardless of how you feel about a horse's performance and a horse and rider's performance anywhere it does not need to be personal because it literally was just personal attacks on Lottie herself. Yeah, I mean, one of the comments, for example, I mean, I'm not going to like name all of them, but one of them was, thank goodness her mother isn't around to see her ride I mean, like that this. that is literally, that just makes you feel sick. I cannot believe people think that it's okay to write things like that. It's not okay in any way. And I found it very interesting, actually, that Carl Hester did that post on Instagram calling it out. Yeah, I mean, it needs calling out because it's just blatant bullying of a young girl. But I found that very interesting because I remember we discussed when it was first sort of happening we chatted about oh I wonder if like Lottie's seen it you know because it's all online or whether she's protected from it then the fact that Carl Hester did that post made me think actually I wonder whether world class or as a team they almost got together and actually spoke about it or whether there's been communication through all of them yeah well I mean Lottie didn't take Everdale to the stallion show that she was meant to take him out the following weekend. And there was, someone put up something like, oh, she's gone into hiding with him because, you know, she knows how bad it is. And I thought, no, that's not the case. She probably just doesn't want to have to deal with that again. 
Because why would you? I know, and I think as well, these cyber trolls, their comeback is, oh, well, I'm entitled to an opinion or it's freedom of speech. And sure, you are entitled to an opinion, but I guarantee they would not go up to Lottie Fry herself and tell no, her that opinion. I'm not going to lie. I actually, and I know that in the past, our advice is never engage with internet bullies. But I did engage with one TikTok user who is a low level eventer but has a huge following and this person feels that they should and can voice their own opinions to their followers and I simply asked why this person thought it that it was okay to put her opinion out there and they came back with it's fine because it's my own personal opinion but their opinion was very negative and from my opinion it was very nasty as well and it was very strong and I just thought why do you feel the need to share this why do you feel the need to add fuel to the fire and just as far as I'm sure most people are concerned just be nasty online for not much reason either and I think it goes back as well to Carl Hess's pose of healthy discussions yes everything else that's been said no because that's very important in that it is fine to have healthy discussions and debates yeah so for instance purely about the horse's way of going oh you know for me I think this horse might be a bit short in the neck or you know whatever it is that's fine that you know we've mentioned before that dressage is very subjective and it is open to interpretation and also what people like and how people like their horses to go varies from person to person but like the personal comments the nasty comments that's where it's just really unacceptable and it does really bother me that people come back with that well I'm entitled to an opinion and it's like but that isn't a healthy opinion to have no no and I mean I feel like Evie and I we're not really ever going to put our opinions out on this podcast because I don't think that's really what it's for because our opinions might not be what other people's opinions are and and we're not here to kind of convince you that our opinion is right either. I feel like on subjects like this we're very neutral. That doesn't mean that we don't have opinions on it but we will share it within a safe space that isn't online, isn't on a podcast, isn't for the world to hear, it's just for us to hear you know and I think that's what everyone else should be doing as well. Yeah and I feel like on this podcast as well it is always like a very open discussion and we always we always discuss like a whole different array of things. Yeah I mean it's complete this is a safe space for everyone and that's how we want to keep it and I think it takes quite a lot of open-mindedness so well done us to be like that and I I think so many people aren't like that I mean everyone is entitled to opinion but it doesn't mean that you have to tell people about it yeah and I just think people don't realize that when they're typing something online and posting it on a public platform they don't understand the extent to which that can blow up and also not just blow up but just go from place to place to place online and sort of create this like bandwagon that people like jump on it's almost like they post a comment and they just think it goes into the void and it's like well no it's there everyone can see it the whole thing just reminded me horribly of Caroline Flack. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, take out the context of horses and it was the same level of abuse. Yeah, it was terrible. But it's definitely, I think, is a shock to a lot of people. And I think it makes a lot of riders, specifically young riders that are more hot on the whole social media side of things, worried about what they're posting. I am terrified of what I'm posting. I'm also, I won't lie, I'm a little bit alarmed when events like competitions are being live streamed. Yeah. Because... 
you know, I'm a bit like, oh, who is watching this? Who's screen recording it? Not that I'm doing anything wrong, but you can take one single second, take it out of context and that's it. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, scary. But that moves us on to something Even similar more, topic, yeah. but to the nth degree. So there's also been a lot that's come up recently online and this is literally horrible. It's absolutely disgusting. To be honest, I, I feel like I don't even want to give it any airtime on this podcast, but I feel like we do need to talk about it because it has just been horrendous, hasn't it? Terrible. And that is videos of an, a trainer out in America and his training methods, which as far as I'm concerned, and I know we just said we wouldn't give our opinions, but I feel like on something like this, you know, discussing the horse's head being too low or too tight or whatever in a competition environment I feel like that is very much a gray area this topic is very black and white in that it's wrong and I think everyone can agree that it's wrong and that is Caesar Parrot and his training methods yeah and I think a lot of articles at the moment are saying alleged abuse but obviously they have to say that because they have to be neutral because it's still the investigation like is ongoing and there's the legal parameters <clears throat> within yeah, that for legal reasons it's alleged abuse that we're talking about but in <laughs> saying that no one can deny the fact that we are watching the videos directly on social media and for me, that just says everything. I mean, they are absolutely horrendous. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, I actually don't recommend even looking it up because the, it just made you feel sick to your stomach. The way these... So for context, it's like amazing, amazing looking horses being trained to do Piaf and Passage mainly. That's what most of the videos are. I don't know what else he does with them. And the way they're being trained is frankly just torture. What I find most alarming as well is the fact that so with Operation X, which I don't remember whether we actually spoke about that in the end on this podcast. Oh, no, I'm not sure we did. Well, that was to do with Hellstrand, the stud. And that was what, Chris, around Christmas time, was it? A documentary was released. Yeah. We didn't speak about it, actually, but that was all undercover. So somebody was filming without anyone knowing and that's how they got it more of like a panorama vibe yeah but this the people are filming it openly which to me is almost more horrifying because it's then everyone in that room or arena thinks that it's not cruel because otherwise why would you film it yeah they think it's fine that's what's worse yeah then it's like so what happens when people don't film it. Yeah, because like abuse is abuse. It's all absolutely horrendous and I'm not condoning Operation X at all. But the fact that these people around Caesar Power are just filming it as though it's like a regular little training session. It's just another day. That I find more alarming because I'm like, yeah. okay, then there really needs to be a huge amount of education done here on why that is not right and those people need to be educated properly. I mean, I don't even know how you wouldn't know that that's not okay. But no. there's just no accountability for it either. No, it it just like it makes makes me feel uneasy it's even like, just talking about it. Oh, this is no, this is just how it's done. That's how you teach the bigger trial. I know. I think like number one, it's wrong. Obviously, like you should never train like that under any circumstances, whatever horse you have. But number two, the horses in the video are so talented. They're amazing. And their movement is already so incredible that I sort of think, why are you having to train like that? Why is that like no. what you think is having to happen? Like, I just don't understand it. 
No. When you see things like that and then you relate it back to like videos of Lottie, you know, maybe not standing still in a halt and a torrent of abuse being thrown at her online. It's like the two things are completely like incomparable. Yeah. It's also just deeply upsetting as well because it is again contributing to such a bad image of the sport. Oh, so bad. When it really is not like that. No, it's not like that, which is just terrible. But yeah, it's very concerning because it is contributing to such a bad image of the sport when it isn't like that. But also I just worry about sort of members of the general public who aren't horsey stumbling across these videos that are posted literally everywhere online and they're going to think that that's what riders do and also I think even within the equestrian community people remember the bad things more than the good things yeah they do and it's such a shame because it's almost like we get training videos like this that are really cruel being posted everywhere which good I mean this guy needs to be called out on what he's doing because it's totally unacceptable but I think it's a shame really that we don't see more videos of sort of like harmony and good training practices and things I like know, that but even when those type of videos are uploaded people still pull them apart well that's so why they're not posted afraid, yeah people <laughs> yeah. are afraid to post them it's such a shame but then you're getting like a skewed image online that all you're seeing is like abuse, abuse cases like yeah, this and no. and no good no. training oh it's hard i would also say um obviously this is just stuff that we've seen online we don't know that any of it is factual and like the articles say is just alleged until anything is proven finalized yeah yeah in court Okay, that last bit was really deep and really heavy and really emotional and we want to lift the mood. So, Evie, have you got anything that has happened in the equestrian industry or community or everything that fills you with so much joy and emotion that you like really remember it well I wouldn't say this is joy but it was very emotional so I don't know if this is actually gonna okay. live <laughs> was it sad emotional you know the queen's funeral oh no oh no I know what you're gonna say <laughs> yeah that really will stick with me forever what's the image pa- well paint the image there's like multiple us. images there's okay. just generally like the queen's guard and like that whole parade with all the horses i yeah. find that just moving in itself yeah because you've got all of these beautifully turned out lovely horses that are just so obedient yeah. and they're just like trotting along all together and it's really that like unity yeah. isn't it and it's such a powerful image the cavalry always like stirs up like oh. british pride emotions yeah it's me. so like quintessentially british and yeah. also it's just the horses you're like god you know bless them like look yeah. at them like, like they're doing it for the yeah country. it's just that's it with me and also her little pony oh that was standing like among all the flowers yeah oh and they and they tied the queen's headscarf over her saddle oh, what was that, that little pony called again emma emma that emma was the it fell pony yeah oh yeah oh i feel That's, like i'm welling up yeah now. That, that really got to me that really that wasn't even that long ago no it wasn't that was really really sad. and i can see like illustrations of it as well like because lots of illustrators oh, yeah. online did little drawings of it 
Oh my god, my eyes are watering. But that made me feel really like this is why I absolutely love horses because it is all about just that bond with the horse and the rider. And for me, that little pony, Emma, like really just summed that up. Like they are companions, like whether you use them in sport or not, the foundation is they are your companion and they're your best friend. And that to me really like illustrates that. Yeah, that was really emotional. <laughs> Talk about like, lifting the mood. <laughs> I was already feeling emotional and now you just like, <laughs> like set me off. Joanna's crying. Oh, it's just too much. It's too much. It's, it's too, too much. much. Okay, um, what's your one? <laughs> Mine's quite emotional. <laughs> Mine was watching badminton. I don't remember what year it was. Um, but it was just after Hannah Francis, who was the Wilbury Wonder Pony founder, um, just after she passed away, Ben Hobday jumped around badminton. Oh my God, I've got tears falling. Oh my God. Ben Hobday jumped around badminton with Wilbury Wonder Pony, which is a little stuffed toy on his back for the first time. And I literally remember watching it with tears pouring down my face because it was just so emotional that... He was taking, it, it was like he was taking Hannah around with him. And I think the whole crowd was just like, I can't believe what we're watching. This is like such a moment. And um, he jumped around clear. That feeling, that emotion of like this, that was the girl's dream that, you know, that was like her life goal and her dream. And he in his like, in, in the way that he's able to, he's taken her with him and he's done it for both of them. And it was just like, oh my God, I can't cope with it. I'm literally crying so much right now. I've just Googled it. It's 2016. Was it? Gosh, that's ages ago. That's eight years ago. And now a lot of people do ride with the Wilby Wonder Pony like on their back, but he was the first one. And I can literally remember watching like him come out the Starbucks and being like, what's that on his back? And then I think the commentators realised as well. And I think the commentators were like, oh my, oh my God, like, I can't believe we're watching this. That, well, that hasn't really lifted the mood. <laughs> that horse that he rode though during that track was like the coolest, one of the coolest event horses I think I've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah, the V8 Super Cobb or something. Mr. Mulry. Yeah, I yeah, loved amazing. that. I loved that horse. He was so cool. The fact that it was all like none of this should be happening. That the fact yeah, that they still did it all was like that almost else. made it better that he was like a cob because it was just so like unreal that he and got that, to that level. And that ben himself had come back from cancer. Yeah, it. The whole thing was just like one of those magical moments that I think that like a film could be made about. Yeah, it. yeah. That, that will stay with so many people forever. I mean, it still stayed with me and it still made me cry now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, guys. That was quite emotional, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it's not been the like lightest episode we've done. No, but it's not been the lightest few weeks. Well, that's the thing. And also, not every week can be like jolly and happy because it's just not real life. Like, we're not always jolly and happy and neither's the world. And sometimes, like, somebody needs to talk about it. And that somebody's us. Yeah, we can't talk about it too much though because I'll get too emotional and I'll keep crying. No, but this podcast is all about, like, the the ups and the downs within the industry yeah we've, we're keeping it real yeah we are keeping it real but anyway guys thank you so much for listening to this episode that's lame and we will see you next time love you bye, bye.